You're listening to Outside by Design, a podcast about the business of creativity in the outdoor industry. This podcast is brought to you by Wheelie, a creative agency for people who thrive outside. We help connect people with themselves, each other, and the natural world through communication and creative work that makes people feel feelings and take action. Basically, we're all about making marketing that matters. This is our podcast about leveling up yourself, your brand, and your community through powerful creative work. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome back to Outside by Design. I'm Iris. And I'm Lisa. And we're here from Wheelie. It's true. We don't introduce ourselves that often, but Iris runs all our social media accounts and uh, this podcast, and Iris kind of just runs everything. Yeah. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know how to describe what you do because you do so many things. Me neither. People ask. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, can't tell you. Yeah. And Lisa is our founder and creative director and CEO and all the other things. It feels like a lot of things. It is a lot of things. I love creative directing, though. It's my favorite. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And today on the show, we have, drumroll, two guests, which we've never done before, but we tried it and it actually turned out really great. Mm-hmm. So today we have Ali Nicholas and Annalise Cleopatra. And they are the directors of a new film called Pedal Through. Yes. I'm very, very excited to talk to them in this podcast and about them. Uh, But first, let's spend a couple minutes talking about what's been going on at Wheelie, which is the creative agency that we both work at. Mm -hmm. What has been going on at Wheelie, Lisa? Well, it's summertime, which is our busiest time because we live in Whitefish, Montana, and it's gorgeous outside. Um, So we've been shooting a lot of outdoor content from photos to commercials. Um, Mm -hmm. Directing and shooting commercials is outrageously fun and meaningful. And we always try to add a really, really strong element of story and um, kind of this rawness of humanity and celebrating our imperfections more than selling a product. It seems to be kind of our general theme this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Using humor has been a big theme in our commercials this summer. Of course. Finding some humor amongst a darker time in history. Always. Um, And what else is going on? We have a job opening. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Um, I just want to say to everyone listening, if you applied to this position. I thank you so deeply. Um, I am floored by the amount and quality of resumes that we've received. Tons. Tons. I have never seen a response like this to a job that we've posted, which either means that it's a really badass job. (laughs) It's a partnership director. You can live anywhere in the country. Um, We don't often open jobs to working remote. It either means that it's a really badass job or it means that COVID might be really, really, really impactful in a way that we perhaps are insulated from Mm -hmm. up here. Um, We've found a lot of brands turning toward agencies instead of their in-house teams because they laid off a lot of people on in-house teams. So um, I am absolutely honored and I I cannot believe how many people have applied um, and the quality and the level of humanity that has applied. It's shocking. Yeah. So I thank you for that. And it's going to make life really hard. I was like, man, I wish I had 100 positions because <laughs> I can't believe the talent that's out there right now. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
but we're excited. And if you haven't gotten your info in to us, get it in before August 28th. Yep. You can email a resume and a cover letter to hello at wheeliecreative.com. And if you go to our website and scroll all the way into the footer, there's a little tab that says like careers, I think career, uh, you can click on that and see the position. So that's the easiest way to find it online at wheeliecreative.com. Enough about that. Let's get to our amazing podcast guests, Allie and Annalise, and talk about their film, Pedal Through, which is free. It's on YouTube. It's a 14-minute film, and it's beautiful. The editing is beautiful. The storyline is beautiful. Their camera work in the field. It's just a very well-done, thought-provoking film. It is incredible. So Annalise is not only one of the directors of this film, she is also the star alongside Daywan A. Tolliver and our good friend Brooklyn Bell. Um, Brooklyn takes these two women who have never gone bikepacking before, never gone mountain biking before, um, out on a very long trip in the middle of Oregon. And it is gorgeous. Again, you should go see it if you haven't yet before you listen to this episode. And you can find those links in the show notes. And it's not only a story about biking and discovering biking, but discovering yourself, um, learning that you don't have to know everything about something in order to start it. You can just start without being an expert. And I think in the outdoor industry, we need reminded of that sometimes. It can be really intimidating to try new sports, especially if you don't see yourself represented in those sports very often. And it's such a beautiful film, and we're so excited to have these two ladies here to talk about it. Yeah, and it's called Pedal Through, I think, because I interpret it as, you know, pedaling through adversity, um, pedaling through your fear, pedal, you know, the only way out is through. Yeah. So Ali and Annalise talk about the process of creating a documentary, um, the logistics of creating a documentary in the backcountry, in the woods, as well as doing it while pregnant. Ali was pregnant while filming this documentary and putting it together, and they talk about communication as co-directors, back and forth, the importance of communication and listening and trusting each other. And this is such a good episode. So excited. We have double the guests and double the fun. And let's get into it. Okay, Allie and Annalise, thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. The first question we ask everyone is, where are you in the world and what are you looking at? Um, I'm in Miami and I'm looking at the mango tree and out, out the window. You're in Miami. I am on the opposite side of the country in <laughs> Portland, Oregon, and I'm looking out into a pretty docile street street view of our suburb in southeast Portland. So how did two women, one in Portland and one in Miami, end up directing a film together? Annalise was here in Portland and we met when she worked with me on another project um, about, I guess, two years ago now. Wow. And yeah, and so we came together for the pedal through project um, through a grant from Travel Oregon, and yeah. So she, you've been in Miami now for, I guess, almost a year. Again, Annalise, right? Um, kind of off and on. Really, um, 
eight, eight months, I guess, since like January. Yeah. Nice. So how, how was this film born? Like where did the idea start and, and how did you carry it through into becoming a reality? Well, Ali introduced me to mountain biking and was like, hey, you want to you wanna ride a few hundred miles through the Oregon backcountry? And I was like, well, okay, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this, but I'm, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so, Ali, you just thought, let's, let's make a film. Yeah, I, you know, I have a deep love of biking and, and a newer love of bikepacking and I saw this grant and it seemed like an amazing opportunity. The focus of it mm-hmm. was the outdoors are for everyone. And, you know, I'm fairly new to biking. I've only been biking for about five years and I've done a couple bikepacking trips and there's nothing I love more than like sharing something I love with other people. And Annalise and I had really connected and I was like, why don't we just kind of go off on a wild hair and apply for this grant? Um, you know, we decided about a week before the deadline to apply for it. We sent the the deck in literally five minutes before the deadline, and somehow we got the grant. And we were like, "Oh, okay." So now we have to do this and figure out what it's what it's gonna look like. So it was it was spontaneous, um, which I think is one of the magical things about it. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole process has been kind of this ever organically moving experience and it's it changed a lot from beginning to end which I think is a good sign that's I think how all documentaries should be Mm -hmm. yeah I'm excited to talk to you about that process Um, as an agency we do so much with commercial work where we're even like literally filming commercials and everything is so planned Mm -hmm. Um, so kind of like what was your methodology when you're directing life happening like how do you do that I think, you know, and, and Annalise, I know I'll have some to add to this too, because she has that unique experience of being both the subject in the film and a director. So having to hold space for both of those things, which can be really challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in that space as well. But um, a, a huge part of it is is listening and learning to learning to listen um, and pay attention to what's happening and and trying to fight that urge to control things and wanting an an outcome and Mm -hmm. giving it space to be whatever outcome is going to organically happen. Um, I'm also a commercial director and DP and, and most of my work is focused on real life stories. That's what I'm most interested in, even in the commercial work that I do, but it is often more planned. And when we're doing a project like this, it's sponsored by big brands. You know, REI was our presenting sponsor. There is some anticipation of a specific outcome. You know, we want to have an inspiring story. We want to accomplish something. Um, or if we don't, there needs to be like some interesting catalyst because we're also looking at it from a traditional story structure. You know, we we want to build to something and, and we want to have some lesson learned, some change happen to our characters. And so trying to hold space for all of that while just letting things happen as they will is can be challenging in a lot of different ways. Um, but it's really exciting for me. That's the exciting part of the process is like, you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, I, I totally agree with that. And I think just my experience having never done really any of this before, um, I, 
I was very, um, like, because I didn't have any expectations, I was more, um, I tried to, I tried really hard to stay in the moment and just try to document, like, a breadth of things uh, so that we would have enough to go off of in the, in the editing room. And um, I think, I think I'll agree that uh, being the subject and a director is challenging and uh, just trying to um, see outside of myself while being present, um, um, while like doing physical exertion, um, all of those things were a really fun challenge to juggle together. And I really leaned on Ali's leadership a lot because, um, you know, she's an expert at her, at her craft. And, um, I'm, yeah, it was, she was really helpful and, um, I got a lot of good insight along the way. Yeah. I definitely need to give you props, Annalise, for filming yourself and the team and taking on, you know, the biggest physical challenge you've taken on. Like I I've been biking for a long time and shooting biking is really hard. Even when you've been doing it a lot, shooting any sport is really hard in the backcountry, even when it's something you're really comfortable with. Uh, and you did such an incredible job of, of maintaining, you know, that consistency throughout the process. And Thank you. That, that was really cool to watch and inspiring. Thanks. It was really cool to see how it was done because I I really didn't understand how we were going to do it until we were actually doing it. And then like those first days when, you know, we had, we set it set up the camera, you bike by, you go back, you check the shot and maybe you have everyone <laughs> do it again or just pick up the camera and go like that process um, is not something I would have been able to imagine or envision without having seen it done first. So it was really cool to like watch and see what Ali and Elisa were doing and just kind of like mimic them. Like, like, okay. <laughs> wow. So were you guys charging batteries? Like Ali, you were like running support on like the battery charging and the logistics of the actual camera equipment. Yeah, so we had a, my partner and I have a, um, a ProMaster, so we have a production vehicle that we use for stuff like this, and we had um, an amazing assistant, uh, Jennifer Daniels came, mm -hmm. and so it was Elisa Geiser, who's kind of my main partner in crime on films, and um, Jennifer, and the three of us were running support, and we would take turns deciding who was going to like ride with Annalise in Brooklyn and Day, and, and how often, so we kind of played leapfrog with them throughout the process. Um, and so have, you know, we had a generator in the van. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a pretty sweet production setup and the trail that they were on um, follows roads. So we were on forest service roads and paved roads and it wasn't very hard to have access to them when we needed it. Occasionally they were like too far out and we're like, Oh, that's a four by four road and the van's not going to make it. And, and that, and then, in those cases, you know, Annalise was always there with a the camera. So um, we were always covered in mm -hmm. that sense. So the production part wasn't, I would say, it was kind of run-of-the-mill standard chaos for backcountry production. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, I was watching it. I was thinking about that. Um, like, oh, how like how, how are they charging these, these cameras? And mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of all those weird little nuances that go into 
um, backcountry travel when you're on the move and you don't really get to like plan out your shots and you have to be inspired by the landscape. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you're running with a small amount of equipment. You know, we, I have a, a red Epic, which is an amazing camera. It's also extremely heavy and mm-hmm. it's not the most fun camera setup to bring far into the backcountry. And, uh, so we kind of had to like figure out what equipment we could bring and, and how to make use of, you know, running handheld on small cameras when I like having use of all of the toys and all of the fancy stuff. And, and you know, we couldn't have drones because we were in wilderness spaces. So we had a lot of limitations. Mm-hmm. And that for me is kind of, it's again, it's like a fun challenge to be like, how do we bring this up to the production quality level that we're used to without having access to all of the things I'm used to? having Mm -hmm. at at this stage in my career so that was that part was really fun and I think it I think it turned out beautifully what what did you mostly end up shooting this on we shot it on Annalise's Panasonic GH5 oh nice um yeah a Canon Mark IV and then a a good amount of the footage is definitely red Mm -hmm. yeah um probably more than half but a lot of the stuff that's on the trail was on the smaller camera systems um you know, I was five months pregnant at the time, and so wasn't <laughs> comfortable carrying um, a huge camera bag. And Elisa also didn't want to bike with fifty pounds of gear because that's pretty hard. So yeah, that was one of the one of the physical limitations we had. No kidding. Yeah, that's amazing. And the GH five, you can like drop off a cliff and it'll just bounce. Those are so adorable. They are just yeah. We didn't try that. Yeah, I will not try that. (laughs) That's a good one to have in your bike packing gear where you're just like beating it up. (laughs) Nice. There was some footage where um Elisa let me use her cage on that camera too. And like the internal stabilization is already pretty good, but that definitely helped. Can I just say, um, if you've never seen a pregnant woman mountain biking in front of you, it is spectacular. She, it was one of the most <laughs> graceful things I'd ever seen. I was just like, wow, like she's like surfing on land, but also very stressful. I'm like, oh no, there's a baby, but so, so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I think it's fun when women get together and make things like this. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> I think that's really beautiful. So how, like, the storyline is really interesting. Um, I, I mean, I, I kind of gathered several stories happening throughout the film, but what, what do you think are your main takeaways um, since you directed it? Like, what do you think the movie, what do you think the film's about? Um, Annalise, yeah. yeah, you want to answer that one? Yeah, yeah. I guess I, I think it's about... Um, becoming comfortable with yourself and uh, finding a way to thrive outside of your comfort zone. Uh, I think I am outside of, I, I've never like played sports in school. We didn't really have any, but in my normal life, I'm very competitive. Like you don't want to see my family play taboo because it's nuts. And I think a big part for me in this experience was learning to enjoy something without needing that, you know, and just being comfortable with myself and, and growing at a pace that wasn't like to win something. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) 
that and not and and being able to like let that creative process dictate the outcome too yeah so you had that internal and the external going at the same time that's wild yeah and just like using using biking to uh contribute to my mental mental health and um you know finding peace through through that was um really integral to my experience and really helpful just for my personal life what do you what do you think Allie what do you think the film's about I think Annalise summed it up really well I I think it's about ultimately about what happens when you step into the unknown and you open yourself up to the possibility of trying something you don't know how to do and not letting not knowing how to do it get in the way Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um, yeah, I think Annalise summed it up really beautifully. Yeah, I think something Ali said um, during during the process that really stuck with me is you don't have to know how to do something to start. And when when we had that conversation, it was more about her uh, like genesis as a filmmaker, but it definitely stuck with me throughout the biking process and everything throughout because it. Like, that's definitely something that's held me back in the past is, like, being too afraid to even start something because I don't know if I'm going to be good at it. And um, I think the point is to push push through that and just, you know, try it out and learn along the way. Hmm. So what did you learn along the way? I learned... I learned that I'm capable of more than I think I am. I learned, I learned a lot, like, of logistics stuff. That is not my strength. And um, that was definitely something I took with me. Like, there, I feel like there are parts of my brain that I didn't even know how to use before this project. Like, just watching Ali, like, be the director, the producer, and having to manage all of these things while managing personalities it's such a huge task that um, I just couldn't really even fathom before this project. Yeah, that that seems really, really, I don't know, like so immersive, right? Because you're learning all that on the go and kind of like trying to film yourself and have this like ninja level amount of self-awareness it just seems really difficult from a, from a creative standpoint as well as like a human standpoint mm-hmm. that's cool Ali what uh, what did you learn through this process I mean so I, I learned so much with with every project you know there's there's such an incredible evolution and and in or what that's what you hope right um as far as how much you grow as a person. Um, and that's one thing I love about, about film is you get to step into other people's worlds and, and learn from their perspective. And that to me is like my greatest, the greatest honor that I have as a filmmaker is to be in someone else's life and then try to like share some part of it. And this project was, you know, like many of our documentaries take a long time. This is one of the longer projects I've worked on um, as far as like start to finish, you know, just to, put it in perspective, we started this project in February and I wasn't pregnant. (laughs) By the time we released it online, I I now have a six month old son. So that's how long 
so patience was part of that. We thought I thought it would be a much shorter project, um, and I'm glad. I'm so glad it worked out the way that it did, and we gave, you know, the film, the editing, post production process, so much time mm-hmm. and love, and so many different iterations, and really trying to like nail the perspective and and give Annalise's story like the space and energy that it deserved. Um, and I grew a lot. You know, it's been a it's been a big year in the world. Um, so I have that personal evolution to look at and it's, it's been interesting, you know, releasing this film and it's such an incredible surge of racial justice energy in this world. Um, and our film is, you know, about women in nature and empowerment and, and is, I hope in some small way contributing to this larger movement and this larger representation. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, you know, ultimately the most that I learned, I think, comes from Annalise and our conversations and the challenges that we had and the, the way that we work through those, sometimes gracefully, sometimes less than gracefully. Like, mm-hmm. I speak for myself. Um, Me too. You know, we're both very charged, passionate, creative individuals, and we didn't know each other that well when we got into this project. And mm-hmm. I, I think I, I hope that I learned better how to better communicate. Mm-hmm. So for me, on a lot of it is on like a personal growth level, which is, you know, I hope to come out of every every relationship and every project I work on a little bit of a better human. And I think I I hope I did <laughs> this one. I I definitely second the the communication part, um, like really learning how to like learn and like be a mentee while also advocating for myself and the ideas mm-hmm. that I think will work while being a beginner to this world, but also like an experienced creative, um, trying to balance all those things to a collective vision, I think is something we had to learn how to navigate. And um, I think we both really grew from it. And I definitely learned uh, a whole lot about how to do those things. What's uh what's your takeaway what's your advice just in kind of like good communication on for creatives together you know all these creative visions and I love what you just said about all these different like levels of expertise that you have and all these different aspects of yourself um so yeah what did what are some tactical like pieces of advice that that our listeners could uh take away I guess I'd say one thing uh like be humble but assertive um when like advocating for your ideas like you know I had to make space to to be wrong and for expertise but if there was an idea that I really valued like keep bringing it up in different ways until the wheels fall off you know and you know maybe it gets in maybe it doesn't and um but if you feel strongly about something like never give up finding a way to, to go for it. Yeah. I mean, my advice is really similar, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think a big part, and this is, this feels so relevant right now, like given where we're at in our election cycle, um, not being too attached to mm-hmm. your opinions. Yeah. Not treating your opinions like they're facts just really holding space to like, this is just my perspective of how I feel in this moment and remaining open to that changing. I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and going into conversations consi- like with the consideration 
that you might be wrong. And, you know, I, I, I am in a leadership role in my life and as a director and as a DP, and I often produce projects and I'm used to just kind of holding this space of authority and co-directing with Annalise and in, in co-directing projects in the past, you know, every time it's like, you, I really have to consider I might be wrong. And, and a big part of that is learning to really listen. I think our listening ability as humans right now, because we have just so much thrown at us all of the time, um, is highly compromised. So often when we're listening, we're just we're like having this secondary conversation, like, oh, they're right, they're wrong, I agree, I don't agree, like, how do I feel about this? And trying to like tune that out a little bit or a lot and truly listen to the other person and holding space for them being right, you know, and, and in a lot of our conversations, Annalise, and, and we've talked about this a good amount, you know, we would get like fired up about stuff, but then we'd come back, mm -hmm. like I, I would go and think about it. And I really tried to come back and be like, hey, I really thought about this and dove deep into it and gave it the time and space and energy that it deserved. And, you know, you're right. Um, or let's have another conversation about it. And mm -hmm. I think I, I feel like comfortable saying for both of us that we got better at that. Yeah. At the listening part. And I would also mm -hmm. I'd also say, like, trusting each other's expertise and um, mm -hmm acknowledging our blind spots like uh mm -hmm. there was so much that I was new to so like I said before like I definitely leaned a lot um on Allie to to guide me in those things and mm -hmm. and when I felt like I was bringing up something that may be outside of her realm you know I would just try to present it in a different way um as far as like lived experiences you know, and um, advocating for creative decisions that I felt like would resonate with people with experiences similar to mine. So, um, yeah, just trusting each other's expertise and um, trying to be aware of our own blind spots, I think, helped contribute to uh, collaboration and communication. Yeah, so much so. I mean, this was this was my first DEI project. And so really trying my best to let Annalise kind of lead in that way, you know, given that she's a black woman and that this is what the story is about. So really trying my best to listen to what she had to say and lean on that area of expertise and lived experience. Um, yeah, that was really well put Annalise. Thanks. And then I'll, also, um, like recognizing you as a minority in a male dominated industry and how your experiences would have shaped the way that um, you move and holding space for that and learning from that as well. Yeah, that is. Yeah. What's the stat on female directors? It's sad, isn't it? Like 3% or 6% or something of all films are directed by women. Uh -huh. You know, I think it's definitely less than six. A few yeah. years ago, it was 1%. Um, oh. Yeah, women that were, and women specifically that are actually holding the camera is an even smaller minority. But, you know, it's it's been really incredible just over the last, since the, I started filmmaking 10 years ago mm -hmm. and got into this realm, I didn't have a lot of role models, especially in adventure film. Mm -hmm. It's 
it's all white dudes. Um, mm-hmm. And now, 10 years later, that has changed so dramatically. There, there are so many incredible women that I have to be inspired by and, and look up to. Um, as far as female directors go, you know, everyone from like Reed Murano in Hollywood or Alexandria Bombach in the, in the doc world or Darcy Turin in the adventure film world. Like there's just an incredible array of women that are doing such amazing work behind the camera, Mm -hmm. Um, but it's still a tiny, tiny percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) I I think birds biking around with a red epic while you're five months pregnant i'm like who are you like, biceps of steel like, that's crazy I'm superwoman yeah that's amazing yeah that was that added a whole layer of complexity you know shooting shooting while pregnant over the last year was um it was interesting i, I did more than i thought i could and i also did less than i thought i could at the same time that's sort of how it, how I ended at the end. I was like, okay, I exceeded my expectations, and I also didn't reach them at the same time. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. And um, Annalise, what was it like biking with Brooklyn Bell? Oh man, she's amazing. Like she's she's cool. Huh? She's so cool. It was very intimidating and <laughs> and empowering. So I'd say yeah, I'd say that was the balance. Like it was really cool to hear about her experience and like how she became a biker and just like hearing from another black woman in, in that world was really, really cool. And like, she is like straight up a pioneer. It's really cool. Yeah. She's awesome. Uh, One time she and I were mountain biking in Carbondale and we didn't know the trail very well. And I was like, let's go this way. Totally led us the wrong way. And we ended up in basalt. Oh, wow. Like (laughs) on like a 100 degree day when we were both out of water. I was just like, I was miserable and she was just holding me so tough. Yeah. Like, who are you? Accurate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But she's, she's very cool. And I, I, I was excited that she, um, did this, you know, bikepacking. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was only her second time ever, which didn't really like click for me at the time. I was like, Oh, like you're a biker. This is you, you do this. Um, but it was really only her second time bikepacking. That's cool. And then you had a third friend in the film. Yeah. My friend day one, a Tolliver. Um, she was one of the first friends I made when I first moved to Portland um, her, her uncle was actually my football coach and, um, I was looking for someone to do my hair and he recommended her and that's how, that's how we met. She actually did my hair for the film too, and her own, um, with those nails, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So I have a huge question for you, um, mm-hmm. for both of you, which is like, what, when you make a film like this that's so beautiful and so much thought and so much of yourselves have gone into it, like what are you trying to accomplish on a on a bigger, broader scale with this film? And like, how are you able to sort of measure that? Mm-hmm. Me first? Yeah. Do you want to answer the first part? Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I think, well, for, for me, my specific goal was to get encourage people who never considered this a thing for them to try it 
Um, I have a lot of family members here in Florida that are just not like this world is not even on their radar. They don't know who REI is because our nearest REI is in Orlando, three miles away. And I think with the way that people are quarantined now, I think there's a big opportunity to reimagine recreation. So um, I just hope that it empowers people to try mountain biking and camping, people who haven't done it before because maybe their families don't do it and they don't have as much access to the outdoors. Like I kind of want to open that window for, for people like who, me, before this project. Yeah, um, and I can either answer that part or I can just speak to the second half of your question. Yeah, kind of how, how are you trying, or how, as, like, as a creative, how can you measure this, the success of it? You know, there's, there's like tangible metrics that we can look at. So what does success mean? Does that mean, is that like a number count that we're going for? Like eyeballs on the film um, and, and how many film festivals does it play at? So we have all these like numbers, right. That we can, we can use as a metric. Um, but ultimately creating a film like this, where we're, we're hoping to inspire people on some level is, is kind of a shot in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's really gratifying to see the numbers come in. And, you know, REI told me on a phone call the other day that this has been one of the most positive roll-ups they've ever had of a film. Like there is not a negative comment on there, you know, and the organic reach of the film has been amazing. It's gotten well over 100,000 views on the different platforms and people are just so excited about it. Um, and that is, that is so incredible. Mm-hmm. And yet, ultimately, you don't know what type of impact you're going to make with a film because 99.9% of the people don't leave a comment or they don't reach out. Um, and, you know, we get these, we get these like little comments here and there that I'm like, oh my gosh, we're reaching the audience that we want to reach. Yeah. Um, and so you just, you hope, you try to like amplify that in your mind. You're like, okay, if that one person took the time that means there's probably like a hundred people that felt the same thing. And, and films ultimately, you know, they shift our perspectives in really small ways. Sometimes it's huge, you know, like the cove, for example, got people really fired up to take very tangible action to like save the dolphins. Like there's, there are some films that change things in a huge way. Um, But that said, a lot of films, it's like it shifts something tiny in you. It gives you like a seed of inspiration or it like fuels something that was already there. And we don't necessarily get to see the impact of that because it's not always necessarily a direct impact, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like some people might go out and like buy a bike and start bike packing, But I think for most people, what we're leaving them with is a feeling, a feeling of like possibility, a feeling of hope, a feeling of... Mm-hmm relating to another human being of not feeling alone. Um, and there's no, there's no metric for that. Um, there's just, I think as filmmakers, we, we have to have faith Yeah, that we're leaving something behind. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thanks. I think a lot about this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, is there anything I didn't ask you that you would like to share with our audience? Listen to soca music. It's good for your soul. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, I'm a big fan of soca music now. <laughs> um, I think the, my biggest thing that, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about with the film, I think, is the pregnancy part. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I, we, we have such an interesting relationship to pregnancy, to gestation in our society about what's possible and what's okay. And, and you know, I felt some hesitation around, is there gonna, are people going to comment on the fact that I was very pregnant when we were doing this and I was mountain biking and I, you know, in all honesty, I wasn't going slow. Like, I don't really have a slow speed. I'm a very (laughs) confident and competent mountain biker. Like, I don't crash on my bike very much because I'm aware that I'm 37 years old and I'm not made out of rubber anymore. So I I tend to go about 65%, which is still fairly fast um, because I like, I'm a speedy person in general. Um, And, you know, I... I, I'm in the outdoors. I run the Born the Born Wild project is one of my baby projects, and it's all about getting outdoors with your kids. And I've been doing that for five years. And I have so many role models for women who like pretty much skied into labor. And yet, even when I got pregnant, I was like, "What is possible? What am I going to be able to do?" You know. And it was it was such a learning experience. The entire entire process from making this film and you know, when I was seven months pregnant, I was scrambling around frozen waterfalls with the red, like shooting this thing for Danner and having moments where I was like, am I, is this okay? (laughs) You know, and like our guide is like, everyone's looking at me like I'm a little bit nuts on the frozen waterfall and, um, and having to adjust expectations, like not being the person who's repelling next to the athlete on the frozen waterfall. Like I let someone else do that. Um, even though I really wanted to, because couldn't wear a harness. (laughs) <laughs> but ultimately, I just think I, I'm, I'm realizing now with this that I think it's important to share that story of being pregnant while making this film and how that didn't necessarily slow me down in any way um, as far as what I was able to accomplish, you know. Um, yeah, I just I think we kind of need to re-envision how we look at pregnancy in this country, especially outside of the adventure film world, the adventure world where we are encouraged to go out and do things. Um, and not that your podcast is necessarily going to reach those people given it's very targeted in this world, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I just hope, you know, women that are considering having families don't think that that's something that's, it, it will make things different, you know, but it's not go- going to stop you from doing what it is you want to do. You just kind of have to reimagine what it might look like. Very cool. You got that. You got that mom strength. Yeah, mom strength is real. <laughs> so I will say, after giving birth, my camera got significantly heavier. <laughs> Last time I picked it up, I was like, "Oh my gosh!" <laughs> <laughs> it's just the battery. It's, 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 it's yeah, battery. it's definitely the battery. It's, it's not the fact that I've gave birth. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay, well that. Yeah. Yeah. The giving birth part does slow you down quite a bit, or it did for me at least. Which I didn't anticipate, but I mean, you did. You did make a film that entire mm-hmm. time. I did. Yeah. I I also love the visual timeline of like not pregnant, pregnant, six months. Old. <laughs> yeah. 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 I have a human yeah. that like sits up and says "Mama." Oh. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> You're like, that's how long it took to make this film. Yeah. And that was a plot test, you know, we didn't see coming. 
<laughs> Very cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. We will put links to everything in the show notes. Um, where can people follow you online? Where should we send people? Um, my Instagram is at Cleopatra with three E's. Perfect. Yeah. Um, and mine's at Ali Nicholas. Perfect. Thank you so much for your time. And um, I really enjoyed this and I loved the film. It's beautiful. Thank you. We didn't talk about who edited it, but I love the editing on it as well. The color correction on the edits. Beautiful. Yay. Thanks. Yeah, that was Elisa Geiser and then myself some at the end with the color and kind of fine tuning. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's beautiful. Thank you. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. And thank you so much for having us today. Yeah, this was awesome. seriously. Such a fun conversation. Thanks so much, Allie and Annalise. We loved having you on the show and we love your film and we know all our listeners will too. If you haven't already watched it, if you didn't listen to us at the beginning of this episode and dropped everything and went and watched it, you can do that now by clicking the link in the show notes and you can also follow Allie and Annalise on Instagram. And you can follow us on Instagram at Wheelie Creative and find more podcast notes and transcripts at wheeliecreative.com slash podcast. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. And go pedal through some adversity today, literally or figuratively.